please stop trying to end gun violence. Enough already. The concept of gun violence is a failed narrative. There are literally billions of guns that have not committed a single act of violence. Of the many that did commit a violent act, most were done in the defense of life and property, that is, in a legal and righteous context. But even so, the acts of violence done with guns were not the gun's fault. The gun, in other words, is not a responsible agent. Guns are not considered to have free moral agency under the law. How can we end acts that have not occurred? Gun violence as acts of violence committed by guns is a myth. It does not happen in a logical and legal sense. Also, if we look at the statistics, violent acts with guns are unlikely to happen. Rates for gun crimes are low, especially when compared to other rates of crime. How many conferences and debates on gun violence must there be before we finally give up the lie and the pretense that guns somehow pose a problem? People are the problem. Or are they? If guns are not the real problem, then it cannot be entertained that gun owners are the problem either. The two are intrinsically related. Where there is a gun, there is a gun owner. If the gun is not the problem, then the owner is not a problem either. The reverse also holds true. If we can establish that the gun owner does not pose a risk, then it stands to reason that his or her gun cannot be considered a problem. So what is the problem? Or, perhaps we ought to try asking, what is not the problem? What can we eliminate from our list of possible causes of crime? Instead of just grabbing the first visible possible culprit and demanding that if it is not guilty as charged, let it prove its innocence, perhaps we ought to see who and what we can eliminate from our list of possible culprits. It seems logical to exclude law-abiding citizens from our list of possible suspects. Let's deduce from this proposition that if law-abiding citizen is not the problem, then the things he owns and has control over will not pose a problem to other citizens either. Therefore, let's assume guns owned by people who do not use tools to commit crimes are no more dangerous than thoughts in the minds of those who do not respond to thoughts by breaking the law. Criminals are the problem. Things that are in the hands of criminals pose a danger to citizens, but then even the thoughts of criminals are potentially dangerous. The thoughts of criminals are a problem because criminals act on their thoughts in a way a law-abiding citizen does not. This simple realization gives us a clue to what a solution will look like. The problem is not just the gun. The problem is not just the criminal. The problem is not just the thought processes of a criminal, nor the behavioral issues of the criminal. This is where the justice system has erred. The justice system tries to eliminate crime by treating crime as if caused by a cancer cell invading a healthy body. Does anything change when a criminal is jailed? Imagine if there were no law-abiding citizens. Does crime cease when those who commit crimes are jailed? Justice 
does little more than shift the locus of the crime, the location in which the crime occurs. Do criminals become decent law-abiding citizens because they are constrained by walls and bars and armed guards? If crime happens within the prison system, how is incarceration supposed to eliminate crime? We are trying to take criminals out of society as if the criminal was an identifiable being, an actual thing. It is as if the criminal was contained in a body, and if we catch a body, then we have caught a criminal and the source of crime. Simply by containing this physical being, we will, by some magical process, remove crime from society. However, many people see the criminal as much of a victim as those whom he has harmed. How is this possible? Is a law-abiding person a being that we can study in isolation? Can we find a law-abiding person that has no context of history? Of course not. There is no such thing as a law-abiding citizen without a community to be law-abiding in. Law-abiding citizens do not exist in the laboratory. Honest people exist only in a social and cultural context. This is not to say there are not two kinds of persons. There are positive, constructive persons who contribute to the society and their social deconstructionists who try and pull anything therein apart. What we need to understand, however, is that these groups do not exist in a disconnected silos. Without the victim, there is no oppressor. Criminals are always part of a civil society, an exceeding problematical part, but we cannot simply look at the criminal as a thing unto himself. To call criminals lawless misses the point. They are not just defined by their inability to keep our law. Criminals are people who have a desire to live by a different law than ours. How can punishing them by means of our law convince them that our law provides a preferred way to live? In the final analysis, it is not the criminal that is the problem. It is the criminal's law, the jurisprudence the criminal lives under, or, if you prefer, the culture to which the criminals subscribe. To pull the individual out from this culture does not change the culture, nor will it even seriously damage it. In some ways, the justice system confirms and legitimizes criminal culture. What we need to do is to identify the cultural icons of criminality that leg legitimize criminal culture and remove these wholesale. We need to eradicate criminal culture, the mores of the criminal world, if we want to deal with crime in a rational way. But to do this, we need to understand the culture and declare total war against it. Perhaps we need to stop looking at the actions of criminals as criminal acts. The important fact is not what they do as being decreed illegal. They do not see what they do as criminal. It is not crime that is the real problem. The problem is a difference in perception. The real problem is an incompatible culture. Criminal culture does not see wrong as we see wrong. They do not think criminal acts are what we call criminal acts. Their perception and values 
are not our perception and values. We are in a cultural war. If crime is akin to an invasion of the body snatchers, and criminals part of an invasion force of aliens attempting to not just take our land and resources, but our minds and bodies also, then the conventional way of seeing criminals as decent people who err is akin to treasonous, whose side is the justice system on. In war, a member of the enemy is an enemy simply by their association with the enemy. So it is with criminals. It is not the crime that is important. It is their cultural association that determines the side they are on. It is not the crime that is important. It is their association with an enemy culture. The charge is treason, not forcible entry. The police must start to see criminal associations and criminal culture as a crime against humanity. The culture that legitimizes crime is the crime. Robbery is not the problem. It is a person's immersion in a culture that is itself criminal. Like sin, it is not the size of the sin that is important, but the life that justifies a sin or crime. We must start to target not the robber, but the culture itself. Gangs, especially as part of an overt criminal culture, need to be targeted for eradication. The culture is the crime, not the individual act. It is the culture that makes the criminal, not the criminal that makes the culture. The justice system must initially target gangs and the gang culture, make it illegal to be a gang. The act of one becomes an offense of all. Law abidance is a cultural norm all citizens are responsible for. Law breaking is a cultural norm criminals must answer for. The law already views the members of a group committing a crime as culpable for everything done during the commission of a crime. The crime begins before the building is broken into or the person is shot. The gang culture specifically and the criminal culture generally makes all associations equally culpable for the actions of those who participate in and maintain membership in the criminal and gang culture. If normative behavior is paying for the cost we create, then criminal culture is pursuing norms of social deconstruction, of fraud, of taxation without representation. So far as criminals are concerned, they have earned the right to require the enemy, who is us, to pay their cost. The gang is an occupying enemy. There has to be a line drawn. We need a more sophisticated understanding of crime. Either we pay our cost, or we commit a crime. There cannot be a muddying of the issue. It is black and white. The culture of freeloading has to be stopped. The call to end gun violence is a non-starter and a diversion from the real issue. The problem is people thinking they can create and resolve debt by being judge, jury, prosecutor, and executioner. If a true debt exists, it is recouped using the law. If it cannot be confirmed or legitimized legally, it does not exist. We are all under the same constraints. Citizens understand that if they want to own or acquire some end, they pay the cost. This is the law. It is rejecting the right to be a judge, jury, and prosecutor, never mind executioner. 
to deal only with the end result of this enculturalization is flawed. The culture, the mindset, the moral foundation of this is what is wrong. Without the morality that tells one it is okay to impose your judgment upon the will of others, none of this criminal activity would exist. We cannot end crime if we permit the culture in which criminality finds a home to exist. It is not the gun that is the problem, it is the culture of crime that justifies some people in thinking they are owed a debt by society and future generations, and that this debt, howsoever created, can be collected by whatever means are deemed necessary. To end crime, this culture has to be obliterated. There is no other way.